Noah, what podcast do you listen to when you're not listening to the uh, Purple and Bold podcast? What, what else do you listen to? What else do you listen to? I don't really know. I just kind of find some random ones and just find them and just listen to them. And sometimes you're interesting, sometimes you're not. Just yeah. I listen to several. I've listen, been listening to Always Sunny podcasts lately, and they have been cold like this, so I'm giving it a try. Rather than because their 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 line of thought is, if you clicked on it, then you know you're listening to the Always Sunny podcast. Like all of you people hearing this right now, know you're listening to the Purple and Bold podcast from the Daily News Record. And that I'm Shane Metlin, and I'm here with Noah Fleischman. Going to talk some JMU sports, although we are hitting the. The off season where there's not a whole lot to talk about right now. We got a few things. The we, ultimate uh, off season. Yeah, hitting a few things, but yeah, getting into it's officially summer now, so not quite as much to talk about. We, we got a little, a few fun things to dive into. I know Noah's flipping through his phone right now, <laughs> checking out some USFL stuff. To recap where where the JMU guys stood in the USFL. That was a pretty big spring for them. Uh, so we'll jump into that, like. Overall, your impressions of a new league, what it meant for JMU, how they were able to kind of like capitalize that. Uh, you know, JMU is a football program. You know, they were pushing the results of those guys out there quite a bit. And it's uh, just a little bit more going on in the spring for football. Yeah, I mean, like, first thing is it made it through the whole season, which a lot of these spring leagues haven't in the past. I mean, you saw the XFL shut down, the AAF all shut down. I mean, some of that was to COVID, but, like, AAF just kind of shut down last year just because they ran out of money. So, USFL is going to make it through their whole season, which is kind of, I guess, an important thing to happen. But, I mean, overall, they had three players in the league this year. Um, and you had, you know, Richard Davis, a wide receiver. He, he was drafted into it, played the entire year. Um, kind of one of the better players from JMU to play. He had a few touchdowns um, receiving-wise. He had a punt return touchdown last week, so pretty good showing for him. Uh, you know, he just racked up almost 400 yards receiving. But you also had a guy like Vad Lee, quarterback, got signed kind of midway through the year. He played pretty well at times and, and got benched, I think, for, like, body language problems. I mean, it was a team that the coach at the beginning of the year cut a player because – he ordered pizza instead of a salad. So very interesting league in that dynamic. But, I mean, he still kind of showed out at times and, and threw for almost 1,000 yards. So, I mean, not a terrible spring. Good opportunity for these guys to try to get into the NFL or get back like, uh, like Ish Hyman, also in the in the USFL. He was at Jamie's Pro Day trying to get back in front of scouts. So this is just another step for him as well. Yeah, that was my next question is, you know, how many of these guys are going to use it to get somewhere else? Because, I mean, I'm obviously, you know – USFL is probably not the uh, lofty career goal for any of them, but this is an opportunity, you know, for any of those guys to get back into the NFL, you know, can add possibly, you know, maybe, you know, CFL or something like that. You know, it seems like he'd be a good fit maybe up there quarterback wise. Do you think we'll see any of these guys use this as a springboard somewhere else? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Richard Davis, guy that has been in the USFL the longest from the JMU, he posted on Twitter early in the week kind of like his goals that he set for himself on a whiteboard. And one of the things was to get back to the league. And I think that, you know, he had a pretty good showing. He wasn't their number one receiver for Tampa Bay. I mean, the team's really – cities don't really matter since they're all playing in Birmingham, Alabama. But, I mean, he showed he can catch the ball. He showed he can return. And he had a punt return touchdown last week. So he might have an opportunity to either just get into a Canadian league or, you know, maybe even try to find your way on to a tryout in training camp. So – We'll see what happens in the next few weeks for some of these guys, but I think that you know you're playing on these big networks like Fox and things like that. And if enough NFL scouts see what you can do, maybe you get in. I, I think a few guys from the league as a whole will probably 
find homes in the NFL or, or Canadian Football League. We saw that with the AAF and the XFL, a few guys getting out. And I think that's probably the, the, the hope for a lot of these guys is, you know, just take it and make it like a tryout and having actual numbers. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, even if you get back onto a pr- practice squad or something, it's got to be. Yeah, <clears throat> you got to probably look at that as a successful venture into the USFL if if you get to continue playing. Basically, <laughs> um, have you had a chance to hear from any of those guys about you know where they might be? Maybe even not even directly hear from them, but like have you heard much about like where they might land now that the USFL season's done? Not really, just because it ended this weekend or, or the regular season did. The, the postseason begins kind of this weekend, but none of them will be playing. Kind of reached out to a few, and then they've been telling me that this is kind of a busy week for them. So just wrapping up and moving out of Alabama, getting back home. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully we've got more information next week on on how their experience was, and you know what they hope and what they've even heard. Maybe some of these guys have heard from teams saying, "Hey, we we liked what you did," or or you know their agents are starting here, which is probably the next step in this whole process. But overall, we saw a guy like Vad Lee, who hadn't played organized football in a few years, come out and play really well, led Pittsburgh to their first win and his first start with them, like a weekend of playing there. And I mean, so I think overall it was a good showing for the three of them. And, you know, if anything, they probably all have an opportunity to come back to Savelle next year if, if, they, if nothing else pans out. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting aspect of it. talk about that. Just being back in there after, you know, I, I really thought he was probably done playing yeah. football, and then all of a sudden he's, he's out there, I guess. That, that was cool to see. Um, that would be a really cool story for him if, in particular, if he, you know, wound up playing somewhere else, you know, like I said, even CFL or wherever, like that'd be arena league or something. That would be, you know, pretty, pretty cool thing after being out of the game for a while. Those other guys, I think it's kind of almost expected that they're going to be able to make it a career somewhere. Like, you know, I I would be surprised if either one of them made it back into the NFL, at least on a practice court or something at some point. Um, they're both pretty proven and look pretty good. So. That was that was a cool thing to see, you know, something to uh, keep an eye on during the spring when uh, you know get her, getting a football fixed with JMU. Um, the other, I guess, JMU related thing, the, the new thing is uh, TBT is back. The founding fathers are back. The JMU alumni squad. They know for sure they're in the tournament again this year for a second year in a row. Uh, getting a little bit more respect this time around too. Getting a five seed. Uh, last year they were 16, had to play uh, sideline cancer, which was one of the favorites to win the whole thing, and really played really well against them. Almost knocked them off last year. Um, so th- yeah, that, that's fun. It seems like um, that's a event that sort of came out of nowhere to be one of the big things of the summer if you are interested in basketball at all and uh, gets a lot of good TV time and helps kind of promote that JMU brand a little bit more as, you know, these guys get on TV and, um, you know, you know, frankly, JMU basketball needs all the help it can get exposure wise after a couple down decades and you're trying to build things back up, uh, you know, getting some of those names out there again and making a good showing of it. It's, uh, it's good for the purple and gold to, uh, see them do that. Yeah. I mean, the TBT is probably got the best format of any kind of basketball <laughs> tournament with, with the Elam ending and kind of making a little fun at the end and you got to hit a certain score. And, you know, I think it's a good a good thing for JMU. It also could be, you know, a way for some of these guys to to get on pro teams again if that's what they're trying to do. I mean, you saw Kamaya Smalls play for them last year. Now she's back in the WNBA. I mean, you're seeing it with other teams, kind of guys that are borderline or European guys trying to get their way back into the G League, and it works for some guys. So 
It might be able to be the USFL of basketball. Well, not really the USFL, but you know what I mean. You, you could get your little exposure there. Yeah, and it's definitely guys who they have an opportunity to make some money, but that's a long shot. For you got to win. Yeah, um, you know, but it's really yeah, it's a lot of guys who play pro ball. It keeps them busy. It's competitive. Uh, get some opportunity to maybe get seen by some higher level leagues because a lot of these guys are playing in leagues where they're not going to make a ton of money. They're not, you know, might be. Not the most desirable locations, true, around the world, everything. Um, it's tough being away from family. So it's an opportunity to play in the States, play in front of you know fans that care, things like that. That's a good opportunity for a lot of people. And you know, you, you mentioned Kamaya <clears throat> had her brief stint back in the WNBA here. It's going to be looking for another opportunity. You know, just another thing for her to get to compete, practice against some of these guys, you know, maybe see the floor a little bit, um, <clears throat> show what she can do, and – you know, she's somebody who's looking for her next step, you know, whether it's getting back into the WNBA or just getting prepared to go back to Europe. So uh, that's all pretty, you know, interesting to see. Plus, you know, you mentioned the format, the, the, the things they did really well to make, because <clears throat> it, it's really interesting. This is a big success story, just the, the tournament in general, because mm-hmm. somebody just decided, hey, we're going to have a summer basketball tournament. And all of a sudden it turned into something people care about. Yeah. And, you know, the business model's good. I mean, obviously, you know, the winner take all, the million dollars on the line, that's, you know, fun, exciting thing. They get people that care about their schools to pay attention to it. And you get some pretty good players. And the Elam ending that you talked about, you know, are you one of those guys that um, you see the calls for that every summer when the tournament begins, the basketball tournament, bring the Elam ending to the NBA, to college basketball, to whatever. Like, are you one of those guys who believes in that? Or is it a fun summer thing to pay attention to or but not you don't want to see that in real basketball no i say you put that in real basketball i mean i think it'd be a really good opportunity you know you maybe you could throw it in like a not the whole ncaa like for the entire year but you know you play in these tournaments around november and thanksgiving time you put it in those and i think you'd have an exciting time to watch i mean most of those matchups are pretty good anyway but you add kind of an exciting ending to it and makes it a lot more fun to watch but i think i think it has a, it has a place definitely the tbt and i think it could go outside. Probably will never see the light of day outside of the TBT, but I think they've they've got it figured out on that note. And you know, it's a fun it's a fun tournament to watch, even if you don't really care for any of the teams. If you're watching the final weekend or whatever it is, and you don't care who overtime elite is or anyone like that or overseas elite, I mean, it's fine. It's a fun thing to watch. Yeah, and the eliminating, I'm coming around on it. At first, I was like, <laughs> you know, traditional the guy like, yeah, basketball's basketball to that pitch. You know, after watching some of the tournament, I'm. I'm coming around on it because, you know, it does take – takes those, you know, timeouts, fouling when you're ahead, like fouling when you're behind, fouling when you're up three, all that stuff. takes all that stuff out of it. Um, you know, it just makes for exciting ending. Every game ends on a bucket. It's it's interesting. And, you know, if you go back to the history of college basketball, when they've tried different things, when they try a three-pointer, three-point line, change the shot clock, whatever it is, they do try in those, you know, some of those Thanksgiving time tournaments, the in preseason NIT, you know, different MTEs. It would be kind of interesting to see it done for some of those games at the college level and see how, <clears throat> see what the response is, see what the response from coaches, from players, from fans is, because it does, it does add some excitement and take away some of the stuff that people hate about the late in basketball games yeah. where <clears throat> it can take. <laughs> 20 minutes to play the last minute of a basketball game. Yeah. You know, some people hate that. I'm coming around to the point where I could see 
bringing it into the college game. At least, you know, maybe even if it was only in certain situations, but even if there's an exhibition, I think one of those like preseason exhibitions that most teams plays, that'd be cool to see too. Yeah. So I don't know how much you've been following it, but what got any expectations for the founding fathers as uh, they get in there? They looked good last year. They got basically the same team back. I mean, you know, I think you've got the one year of experience now. You're, you're playing at Marshall or in West Virginia, but you're going to play a team, a Marshall team, so a little somewhat action. And, you know, I don't know. I think they could, they could win a game or two. You know, you could. Don't know if they can get out of the first the weekend, but you know, at least win a game. Progress, you know, it's always time to build on on your last year's success. And I mean, they gave a good good run last year. And I think you can try to win a game and get some confidence going. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, they're heard that the Marshall team, and then um, more, more than likely, if the founding fathers win, their second round game would be against Best Virginia WVU guys. So they're going to be um, – they're not going to have a home court advantage there <laughs> in Charleston. Although I'm sure there will be some purple and gold there. It's not, it's not a bad drive over there. I'm debating. Will you make the drive? I, I'm debating about it. It might depend on what else is going on. But, uh, um, but yeah, uh, you know, they won't have the home court advantage there. That will be a detriment. But it does seem like a pretty decent draw. I mean because let's be honest. Heard that is a team that if you follow the tournament – they're kind of they've been popular because you know they've won some games. They got those bright green uniforms. Got um, you know old little little old guys who played a while ago, but that really shoot the lights out. But they're well, let's be honest. Those guys are getting older. <laughs> they haven't been playing as well the last. They didn't play as well last season as maybe they had when they made some runs in the tournament. I think that's an opportunity for those guys, the founding fathers guys, to uh, you know m- make some noise in that first round because you know. It's a game I think people are going to pay attention to for the Sun Belt aspect of it, you know, around here. But those herd that guys, like they're they're kind of like those uh, the uh, the darlings of the tournament a little bit. Like uh, so, it'll be interesting to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a good game. Do you have a score prediction, Shane? <laughs> I don't know. I need a uh, scouting report. Full uh, scout. Oh yeah. Um, well, since Founding Fathers game last year, I just looked it up. They lost eighty seventy seven. I'm gonna say they win eighty to seventy-seven this year. Flip the script. Yeah, just flip it. Yeah. So that that'll be a fun fun thing to pay attention to here in July. And I know sounds like I think those guys are gonna be doing like some stuff around Harrisonburg between now and then. Like maybe a little training camp be around. I don't know if uh, they'll be open to the public or anything to go see in practice or anything, or if they'll do any like autograph sessions or anything like that. But um, you know, look at AJ Davis. You know, Ron Curry. You know some of those guys who are beloved JMU players who uh, helped them get to the NCAA tournament uh, in 2013. Uh, you can pay attention to some of those guys. Maybe maybe come see them when they're in town. So that'll be that'll be cool. Yeah, hitting up on you know the off season. Not too much else going on. Yeah, but we, I we got did, a month until media day, and then yeah. we're back in full swing again. <laughs> but I did have one question for Noah, even though even though he's the VCU oh alum here, and you know maybe doesn't care, doesn't doesn't have any emotional investment or anything in this new renewed, fully vamped JMU ODU rivalry. But the discussion on Twitter, at least on my Twitter feed, a little <laughs> bit has been, what are you going to call? The JMU ODU rivalry seems like it needs some sort of name, you know, mm. Commonwealth Clash or Cup no. or whatever they call the Virginia Tech Virginia yeah. stuff. That's already 
taken care of. So probably don't want to have any Commonwealth stuff in there. But what do you want to call it? It seems like it needs something catchy. Let's go with, you know, you've got Dukes and Monarchs. So let's go with the Royal Rumble. That's, I've seen that one a lot. I, I'm liking that. Uh, I suggested possibly the Revolutionary War. But I, 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 this like, isn't the, like George Mason versus George Washington. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> that's true. We do have we do have you know the one figure, the Revolutionary figure in uh, they do the James team. Madison, and you know they're not far from Yorktown and all that stuff down there. <laughs> but, but no, that that might not work. The, the Royal Rumble, I do like that. I do like that. You could get a good logo going, get a crown on there. Since there are two, the two teams in Virginia and really just about anywhere that have that crown yeah. worked into their logo and their identity, their brand. I think that could be pretty cool. Any, any other suggestions? Mm. 64 is too far away, so you can't call it the Battle of 64. And I think VC would be kind of upset if you did that because that's more of that one. Yeah. Mm, Royal Rumble, though, it's kind of catchy. WWE might not like using that, <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of Yeah. Catchy. I don't know. Pulling up some of the... Some of the other suggestions I've seen on Twitter here. I've got uh, the Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know about that. How? Well, let's get into this. How royal are dukes, really? I know they're in the royal court. It's got a, it's got it's, a, it's got a crown on it. Yeah, monarchs. <laughs> it's it's royal. It's just vague enough to like um, <laughs> you know to accompany a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I don't think they're talking about butterflies. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah. I mean, they might. yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, battle of the blue, but I, nah, that's not going to work for me. Like you're nobody's a blue blood. No, yes. Yeah. Um, the coronation or the Commonwealth coronation. And I could see maybe that, uh, possibly, uh, some of the other ones I've saw. Like, yeah, really, I think the Royal Rumble's probably going to win. It's cool. Doesn't, it's fun. I like that one. It, it's, it's not highfalutin or anything. It's kind of like, doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's fun. But it's also like, I think these games are going to be intense. So I think it, it, it fits. I can see that. It's I think, fitting. yeah, I, I think we might have, the Daily News record official endorsement now is that the JMU ODU rivalry be known henceforth as the Royal Rumble. So we would like all royalties if this becomes yes. a thing. This is this is yes. Well, not that you even came up with it, but you're getting We're coining it. You're getting the DNR endorsement here, and we can put our bandwidth behind this. Try to make this Royal Rumble. I think I still think there needs to be some sort of trophy, probably for the football game. Don't know. They should just make a crown. Because, yeah, you it, know. yeah, it should have a crown or maybe a bottle of Crown Royal. <laughs> I don't know. Get, yeah. make, you know, NIL is a thing now, so yeah. anything can happen. I mean, WWE yeah. is handing out NIL deals, so maybe they could try to parlay that. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll see that. That would be pretty interesting. That'd be fun. Um, but I think I think that's the key: is to try to make this fun, not take it too seriously, but make it fun because you know you're trying to draw eyeballs and. You know, take advantage of the excitement here as you go to the Sun Belt with some new rivalries. I think, I think JMU in particular, being sort of like right in the middle of this new Sun Belt East, should really get on the rivalry trophy train. <laughs> Just go crazy with it. Um, have one for every game. Have one. 
At least a few. Have one for ODU. Have one for Marshall. Have one for App State. And you got, okay, we can't leave Coastal out now. <clears throat> I, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I just feel like you know those are the those drivable games that are you know going to have a lot of interest. Those fans go back a ways, but I need some help figuring out what the trophies are going to be for those. I mean, we think you know something regarding a crown. You know, maybe even just put the crown on the coach's head after the JMU <laughs> ODU game and dump a bottle of Crown Royal on top of him. I don't know. Like, I, I might keep pushing that one. But uh, um, any ideas for what would be a good trophy for JMU Marshall? JMU Marshall. Maybe something like with the border. You could make border, border. wars and stuff already taken. I don't know. Like. Uh, Something like Allegheny, at, something so or other. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just, it's kind of hard. That one's kind of hard. Yeah, you got. Yeah. But then you look at the JMU App State. If you're trying to make one there, you know, they have a pretty rich football history between the two teams. Not a lot yes. of games, but all the games they've played have been very meaningful. So I suggested a while back that JMU App State could use a big wagon wheel, and then was informed that there's a rivalry in the MAC. I can't remember who it is now. Um, <laughs> where they already do in a wagon wheel. But I was going to say the wagon wheel just because um, <clears throat> the band Old Crow Medicine Show, they're from Harrisonburg, but they kind of got discovered down in Boone. Uh, their hit song, Wagon Wheel. I figured, you know, that'd be a pretty cool trophy connecting JMU and App State. I don't know if it's bad to do a second wagon wheel. Somebody's already beat you to it, but maybe something like that. Or, I don't know, maybe a big crow. <laughs> And go do the old the old crow trophy or something. I don't know. Like for, the, for those wondering what Shane does on his drive to work, this is this is it. Yes, that's some, sometimes it is. Um, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Or I'm listening to the Always Sunny podcast and thinking, like, is that the style I want to bring into the Purple and Bold? But if anybody has any uh, any any recommendations on a rivalry yeah. name or a trophy name. Let us know. Yeah. Get us both on Twitter. Look up, you know, I'm Shane underscore DNR Sports on Twitter. Noah, what's your Twitter? Fleshman underscore Noah. I almost forgot my own Twitter. That yeah. It's a, well, I mean, it's not like, you know, you type it in all the time. Sure, so I don't. I just love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. If I ever have to log back in, I might be in trouble. Figure out my <laughs> password. password. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, hit us up on Twitter or DNR Sports account on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking about that. Rivalry name ideas, rivalry trophy ideas for JMU going into the Sun Belt. Well, let's, we'll get interactive. We're trying some stuff here in the offseason, uh, spicing this up a little bit here on the podcast. So that could be fun. Although you're, you're going to have to work hard, I think, if you're going to chop a Royal Rumble. That's already got the official DNR endorsement. Got the endorsement. But if anyone thinks they got something better, let yeah. us know. Yeah, but yes, we've got some time. I don't think they have to probably lock that in here for at least at least a month or so. Like they gotta have it for, for New Orleans. They gotta have it before football season, but there's a few weeks here probably before they even really have to order a trophy. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They can commission those trophies, the the crown, the crow, whatever it ends up being. They they have some time to do that, but we need the suggestions now. So get get online, get on Twitter, email us. You can email us too. We'll we'll, we'll read the email suggestions if we get them next week. So there you go. anyway, well, short version of the Purple and Bold podcast this week. We'll be getting closer and closer to the kickoff football season, media day, TBT tournament coming up. We'll have more to talk about later on this summer, but for now, you're getting the less serious version of the uh, Purple and Bold podcast, and you know 
you've been listening to us. I'm Shane Metlin. This is Noel Fleischman. And uh, thanks for tuning in.